Hello and welcome to Weekly Dev Tips. I'm Steve Smith, aka Dallas. This is episode 11, where we'll be talking about encapsulating collection properties. Don't forget, you can follow Weekly Dev Tips on Twitter, as well as in your favorite podcast app. And if you're finding these tips to be helpful, please take a moment to leave a review. That's the best way you can help others discover this podcast. This episode is sponsored by DevIQ. DevIQ offers online training for software developers and designers covering topics like UX, .NET development, and my own course on ASP.NET Core. Check them out at deviq.com. Now let's talk about encapsulating collection properties. Encapsulation, of course, is a key aspect of object-oriented programming and software engineering. Unfortunately, many systems fail to properly encapsulate collection properties, resulting in reduced quality. Encapsulation basically means hiding the inner workings of something and exposing a limited public interface. It helps us promote more modular code that is more reliable because we can verify that the public interface's behavior provides a high degree of confidence that the object will interact properly with collaborators in the system. That is, if we know that the public interface does what it says it does, then we can be confident that the object works correctly with its collaborators. If we don't have encapsulation, then we can test that the system's public interface works correctly, but then the system can still break because some other collaborator in the system wasn't relying on the public interface, but instead was working directly with the underlying state of the object, or was otherwise assuming something about the inner workings of that object. One area in which encapsulation often isn't properly followed is with collection properties. Anytime you have an object that has a collection of related or child objects, you may find this represented as a collection property. If you're using .NET and Entity Framework, this property is often referred to as a navigation property. Some client code can fetch the parent object from persistence using Entity Framework, specify to EF that it should load the related entities, or perhaps use lazy loading, and then navigate from the parent object to the related objects by iterating over an exposed collection property. For example, a customer object might have a set of orders that they've previously placed. This could be represented most simply by having a public list of order property on the customer class. This property must expose a getter in order for collaborators to work with it, and in many cases, system designs will have it also expose a public setter. In that case, any code in the system would be able to set a customer's order collection to any list of orders, or to null. This could obviously result in undesired behavior. Now, some developers might offer token resistance to this complete lack of encapsulation by removing the setter or making it private. But the damage is done as long as the property exposes a list data type with all of its mutable functionality. This kind of design exposes too much functionality from the customer since it inherently allows any client code that works with a customer to directly add or remove an order from the customer using the interface exposed by the list of T, or to clear all the orders from the customer, again using that same list of T interface. In these cases, the customer object in question has no way of controlling, preventing, or even detecting these changes to its orders collection. Why might this be important? Well, there's probably a decent amount of workflow involved in placing a new order for a customer. It's probably not sufficient to simply add a new order without doing any additional work. Now, 
You can argue that somewhere there's a service that does all the required work, but how does the object model enforce the use of this service? If any client code can instantiate an order and just add it to a customer, how is the design of the system leading developers toward doing the right thing, using a service in this case? On the other hand, if there were no way to directly add an order to a customer, developers would probably figure out pretty quickly that there is a service for this purpose, and it's more likely that this service would provide the only way of adding new orders to customers. Another option would be for the customer object itself to expose an add order method, and that again would be very discoverable by clients of the customer. In most cases, there are only certain operations on related collections that an object should expose, and these it probably wants to have some direct control over. If a customer's collaborators shouldn't be able to directly delete all of a customer's orders, don't expose the collection as a list. Instead, you can expose a read-only collection of T or an IEnumerable of T. Both EF6 and EFCore support properly encapsulating collection navigation properties, so don't feel like you must expose list types in order to keep EF happy. Check out the links in the show notes at weeklydevtips.com slash 011, that's 11 with a padded zero, to see how to configure EF to support proper collection encapsulation. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening. Please consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you found this podcast, and I'll see you next time on weeklydevtips.com.